Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. Hi, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> and this is a program that we have every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, where we bring some of the learning that we gain through doing pet loss support groups for many years to a bigger audience. We wrote a book called The Pet Loss Companion, healing advice from family therapists who lead pet loss groups. And the book actually we wrote to bring wisdom that we gain from the people in the group to a larger audience. And this technology allows us to reach an even bigger audience. And so we also very much welcome your questions and comments during, before, after the program. And you can listen to this program either as an audio file on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can watch the video replay on YouTube. So Nancy, want to get us started today? Yeah, um, we got quite a few interesting uh, questions or experiences uh, that I think we're going to address tonight. Mm -hmm. um, one has to do with a, a person who is really struggling as to when she knows that her animal, her beloved animal, sick animal, needs to be euthanized. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there's another who who lost uh, a her cat very suddenly, um, and the and complexities with that. Um, we also, you know, have had someone talk about losing two of their uh, pets within a very, very short period of time. So right. I think we're, we're gonna try to address, you know, some of the issues that have come up with all of these these situations. Great, and, and I'll, I'll start by, by reading this question. It's from Elizabeth and she says, she writes, I'm facing making the decision if euthanasia for my 13 year old lab who they think has lymphoma how do you know the right time? I just can't decide. She's still eating and drinking, but not as active. Her stomach is swollen. Her breathing is louder and faster, but she still gets up to go outside and go potty. So now you have a scale, an instrument yes, that helps people instrument. look at the, the circumstances in a very, in a very sort of step-by-step -step fashion, right? Yeah, there's actually quite a few of them out there now. I mean, okay. the original one, I hope I pronounced her name right, was Alice uh, Villalobos, I think her name is, um, who was a veterinarian. It came out with kind of a simplified um, quality of life scale some mm -hmm. years back. Um, but there, I mean, there's other companies now and groups that also have scales and some are a little more complex, which is good. I mean, there's not so simple so that someone could really determine, you know, if, um, if it may be that that time mm -hmm. um, it's done on a scale um, of one to 10 and uh, anything under a, a complete score of 35 probably would mean that the, the animal's quality of life is not that good. And, and can we post that, a link to that scale? Yes, document? I will give you that so that okay. when you, when we put it out, 
next week. Um, and there, like I said, there, there are quite a few. But the one I, I pulled out, which was a little more um, extensive, was from Ohio State. I think it was their veterinarian, you know, um, medical school. So the questions would be something like, my pet does not want to play. Um, so do you agree with it or you strongly disagree? So there's, there's kind of that scale with it. Um, my pet does not respond to my presence, mm. you know, really doesn't greet me, doesn't, you know, isn't engaged. Um, that my pet does not enjoy the same activities before. Now we have to be careful of that because older dogs necessarily or cats may not play as much as they used to. Right. I mean, we right. But if there's been a, a noticeable change <laughs> recently, yeah. Um, my pet is hiding. Now that yeah. is definitely an indicator, as we know, because animals in the wild will go to hide, you know, mm -hmm. when they're when they're when they're dying. Um, or their demeanor behavior is, is different. Do they have a diagnosis? Um, they don't do they enjoy life, you know, are they in with people? Are they are they just kind of laying somewhere and not engaged? Um, do they have more bad days or good days? Um, are they sleeping more than usual? But that's another indicator. I mean, older yeah. dogs do older sleep. Older dogs sleep a lot. Yeah, yeah they sleep a lot. Um, do, are they dull and depressed? Do they appear that way? Or are they experiencing pain? Um, are they panting? Now, interestingly enough, before Molly died, the first some months before she died, she panted a lot. Um, and that wasn't it wasn't super unusual. She had been a panther, but it was much more so a few months. And now that I'm seeing this a few months before she died um, is trembling or shaking, vomiting. A lot of times vomiting at the end creates, you know, an indicator um, is not eating. Of course, the eating part is really key. You know, that's it's really key. I think if they're right. they're not eating and if they're wasting. They're not, yeah, exactly. They're losing weight. Yeah. Um, was not drinking well. Mm -hmm. um, that's another one. I have a client right now who's who's is going to euthanize her dog this this weekend, and he is vomiting a lot, and he's really not drinking much. He's he's very elderly. Um, is losing weight. Um, is having diarrhea often, so the digestive tract is not is not right, or or not urinating enough. Um. And it's not moving. I mean, mobility is a big one. You know, how are they moving? Can they get up? Are they having a hard time walking? Are they losing their back legs? Um, and it's not lower, you know, not as much activity, um, does not move around very well. That's all of mobility. Um, is unable to keep themselves clean, you know, to groom themselves. Um, and their coat may look off. You know, so well, that's more for cats and rabbits. Yes, you know, exactly. Really clear when it, my my son and his wife had a cat who couldn't couldn't really groom herself, and they groomed her for quite a while, and then other complications arose that ended up with her her needing to be euthanized ultimately. Yeah, and you know, is there? Is there a diagnosis? I mean, a lot of times elderly, I mean, Molly wasn't really diagnosed with with uh, anything particularly. However, her mom, Rosie, did have a four-stage kidney disease and did have a mast cell tumor. So, I mean, she was fighting cancer and, and kidney disease, and the medication 
for the cancer would have ruined her kidneys. And so yeah. unfortunately, there's always that balance that yeah. you need to watch. Right. So, and then, so this is one of those scales. Most of these scales are mobility, uh, hunger, thirst, activity. Um, um, if they're happy, if they're engaged, you know, so there's those kind of those blocks of, of, of those particular um, you know, things that, that, that animals do and to what degree are they able to do that? As you're reading them, and I have not seen that scale, but as you're reading them, it reinforces for me that you really got to be in conversation with, with, vet. with your vet mm -hmm. and with other people who, if, if you are in, if you are involved with other people in the family or a close friend who know your pet too, so mm -hmm. that you can evaluate what kind of changes have happened that are leading you to feel like it's it's time because all of those things seem to me really subjective ultimately because as you said when you when a pet gets old or when a pet has some kind of illness they do tend to show a lot of those signs but i guess the question i'm asking is have they advanced to a place where where the, it's just overwhelming, like the exactly. negativity, the negativity of being alive really outweighs any of the pleasures of being alive. Exactly. That That's kind of the gauge that I always, the kind of the rough gauge that I always keep in mind do the pleasures of living outweigh the, the pain and the difficulties of illness and infirmity. And, and if, if they do, if the pleasures of living really outweigh those, then it's not time. But if the right. if it's the other way around, then then it is it is time. But, and that's why you have those numbers. So yeah. I'm to so they're scored. So you yes, scored and, yeah. and that and and under thirty five. I mean, under thirty five, there really isn't very much of a quality of life. And I'm thinking too, you might take that you might take that instrument over time and see what happens. Like you take, when yeah. as, as your animal is getting more and more infirm, you might start doing that once a week to see what changes are happening and where it puts, where it puts them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's helpful, but I also know that your veterinarian, um, and again, are people around, I mean, we, sometimes we're hypervigilant and see everything that's almost in the, it, we almost see something that maybe is not as bad as we anticipate, or we see them all the time, so we don't notice it. So I think that yeah. that's really important to have folks that yeah. around. And also different people notice things to a greater or lesser extent. And sometimes one member of the family will notice things that others don't. Right. And so it's important to have a conversation. My husband and I typically have conversations about when it's time to bring one of our dogs to the vet or not, because we tend to see, we tend to see things a little bit differently. Like I tend to feel, a, a, I tend to be a bit more alarmist if you want to put it that way. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but I tend to be much more like we got to take her to the vet. And he tends to be more like, well, it hasn't changed that much. And we're talking mostly about a dog who has congestive right. heart failure. Isn't and so we're kind of watching all the time, but that balance is, is helpful. If there are other people who can, who are, who are observing as well. 
And, and, you know, when one of our dogs some years back, um, we worked really uh, closely with our veterinarian, Lulu had developed um, a cancerous tumor. And, you know, we said, to, we said to her, you know, when, when do we know, you know, when, what do we have to look for? What are the mm -hmm. signs? And she said, and she was, it was amazing. I mean, she said, it'll be about six months. And she said she will start vomiting and she will have seizures. Mm. And about six months to the day, she had a seizure and vomited and we, we took her. Wow. And, and, and I want to juxtapose that again, sometimes your vet will say like, like with Isabel, you've got, a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. That was several years ago now. And now she's and, still alive. And she's still going. And so you, it, it's always this process of evaluation, of right. evaluation and reevaluation. And, and, and I think one of the things that it's important to stress, and I'm thinking about Elizabeth, is, is that it's, it's such a hard decision and, and you're probably still not going to feel no, you're not going to feel comfortable, right? You're not going to feel 100% with it. It's going to be That's the kind of thing that, you know, if you if you can get 80% comfortable with either letting them stay and let the illness progress or 80% comfortable with ending their suffering, you're at a good place. And and you can't really expect to be 100%. And sometimes people well, will be, but it's rare, you know, that sometimes with after the after the fact of, of euthanization is that people will say, um, I something else could happen. I did it. I did it too soon. I think I did it too yeah. soon. I think yeah. I did it too soon. Something I something else could have been given to her. And then you have them that I saw them suffer too much. I waited. Yeah. too long. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you never. You're never gonna, you're never gonna hit it just right, quite possible. Although, although it's a good, it's a good thing that we have euthanasia because there are times when you just know you don't want them to suffer any longer, and and it's and it's a wonderful gift to them. And it, it, and I want people to, to understand that that because you know you don't want we don't want our animals to suffer. I mean, sometimes, obviously, we'll go, we'll go on, you know, to talk about this, you know, in a few minutes, but sometimes they die, you know, they just die. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, and that has its own issues with it that we'll kind of talk about. Yeah. So but, let, um, let's move to that next. Okay. That next question. So, so it, it's Shannon got to us about her cat, Lucas. And, you know, she lost her cat very unexpectedly. Um, and she was living, I think, with her um, parents, uh, her, her, her significant other's parents, and her cats were there. Um, and she went on. No, to her, her, her cats were at her mother's home. So her cats were not living where she was living. With her, um, so my three cats were living with, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, she was living with her mom and, and the two cats until their house was being uh, built. Um, and then she goes on to talk about to talk about Lucas and, and that he was sick initially and she wanted a cat so badly. And so um, she did bring them home, him home. And 
So she talked a lot about how much she loved him, what he was like. He was a goofball, you know, and he was he was um, running around and, and he was he was happy. But um, but she found that um, her mother found him dead when she got home from work one day. Right. And so how shocking. Right. I mean, first of all, she wasn't there. When, and that's, you know, my thing with Molly, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. When you, when you euthanize, you have you plan that, right? Even though it's a difficult decision, you're planning it, you're going to be there. So when an animal dies, then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you know, I, I wasn't there for him, you know? Um, and I don't think there were any particular warning signs no, just, either. It was very shocking that her mother came home and there was the cat deceased and there had been no expectation. No, no, no. I, I actually have a friend who this happened to last year as well. She she lived alone, lives alone, and she had a cat who was like very close to her, was her dear friend, not sick, no no expectation that there would be anything like this happening. She came home one day and her cat was dead. Yeah, I mean, the shock of that just spins you out of control yeah. right you can't you can't place it you, you you can't believe it and so there's there's shock and there's some denial this isn't happening you know yeah. I, I don't believe that this is happening um and so you know what what an experience especially not not able to be there all of a sudden your your beloved cat's dead um i know her her mother was also very upset um, so, uh, they did, they did decide to, um, they got it, they got, they did get a, 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 a box for him. Um, and they, and they, I guess there was quite a period of, of driving back and forth. Um, and she apologized for not being there. Um, and, uh, for not being there over the last year, she was back and forth and asking for a sign that he was okay and um so that doesn't mean shannon that you won't get a sign i don't know if you've gotten one yet but that doesn't mean you won't. we all know this here now right yeah because we've talked about signs off and on for the last few episodes here and, and she talks about the the guilt yeah the guilt and and it, one of the things that, that i find noteworthy in her letter is she says that her mom was an even bigger animal lover than she was. So um, it's one of the first things that struck me is this was a, a companion animal who had lots of love yeah. in their life. And so that's really important, I think, for Shannon to keep in mind is that that between her mom and herself and probably others, this, this cat did not want for Any ad adoration. No. <laughs> It's clearly celebrated. And, but that doesn't take away the, the way you feel when you weren't there. And there, oh. you've, got a you've got a complicated life situation. She's living right. with her partner in another home, visiting her cat periodically yeah. and never expecting that this would happen. And it happens. And this is what, this is what happens in our lives. You know, we don't, we don't know when something can change very radically and I always feel like with somebody with this kind of situation, it's really important to take stock of everything you gave 
to your animal friend and how well you cared for them and 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 realize that you just we just don't know there's just so much we don't know. know we can you know and people always look back as they say hindsight is 2020 they look back and oh my god i i lost time with them and and that's you only can think that in the aftermath of something happening that's which right you could never have predicted Anticipate, right never have that. predicted exactly and, and so and so it's so important to give ourselves a break so so shannon one of the things i want to say to you is you got to give yourself a break you've got to be gentle with yourself you deserve to be gentle with yourself it's just this is just the ups and downs of life and and yeah it's going to be hard because as she says she she mixed, she says very poignantly, half of my heart is sitting in a box underground. I know. I mean, that's a, that's a real, that's a real gut wrenching, yeah. truthful way of describing of grief. That's grief. That's Half of my heart is, is no longer here and it feels weird. And I mean, it's beautiful and beautiful and painful way to put this into words. And and also what she's afraid of is that she'll forget him, but yeah. that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because they all that tra the transition, you know, time is is difficult, right? Because you're transitioning from having a physical, wonderful, bountiful, loving animal that you can kiss and hug and, and play with and pet and and to that the animal not being here physically. However, they're always with us. Well, and, and also the, when you're grieving, when you're in acute grief, your memory is all messed up. Yeah. Your concentration is all messed up. Your ability to think logically gets confused. And so it's very normal for you to feel like I'm losing my memory of not only my, my friend, but of lots of things, but you might notice more that you can't remember them in a certain way, but but all of that settles back. Yes, right. You get scared time. of that, right? Yeah, all but, of that comes back yeah. into place over time. It, what, it, grief is is a is a such a tumultuous thing, and one of the things that I think is just really important to do when your when your feelings are all over the place, when your energy is all over the place, sometimes you're not feeling like you can even get out of bed or do the next thing that you're supposed to do that day, is to say to yourself this is grief yeah and not to layer judgment and a feeling of i should i should be whatever it's so important to give yourself permission to just let this happen be gentle not judge yourself not think you're losing not you know argue with yourself if you say you're losing your mindset of course i'm losing my mind i'm grieving i just want right. one of my best friends I've ever had in my life. That's that's what happens when we lose that kind of relationship. Yes, because we do have, you know, emotional responses, behavioral response responses, cognitive responses, physical responses. We're now well during mm -hmm. grieving, especially in the beginning. And a lot of times with with sudden death, you know, the denial and the shock kind of stay for a little while because even though you you like Shannon, you you burying her her cat it's still like i can't believe it right i i just don't understand oh yeah that's that's and, also like the the reality of the loss is is elusive 
Right. We get it sometimes. We don't get it sometimes. We bargain. We dream. We have a sense of maybe if I did this or that or the other thing, I would feel like they were here again with, I mean, it's, it's very, it's a very distressing time. And then what I found with, with people that we've spoken to, then the rawness sets in, yeah. you know, when the reality is, oh, you know, they aren't with us. He's not with me anymore. She's not with me anymore. And that, that it's gut-wrenching pain. And that's, now that happens for people who are, you know, have the anticipatory grief too, that the animals mm -hmm. are sick. The animals. Mm -hmm. um, but it's when a sudden death that comes a little later, I think and all of a sudden it just washes. Yeah. So, so why don't we just move to the, the next one, which is, which is from a woman named Jamie and I'm assuming it's a woman. I, I, I shouldn't assume gender. That's right. Could be, could be a man. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to share that your book has helped me and my husband. And then she describes during this time of loss of our two boxers, just six weeks apart, one in March and one in, in May. And we wanted to, we wanted to just mention that when you have serial losses, that is a significant complication. Yeah, and we tend to often we do this different ways, but we do tend to, to grieve one loss and sort of almost put aside the other one. And then at a certain point, we then are feeling more of the second loss. And, but it's very, it's very complicated. And, and particularly if you, you know, a lot of people, get pets who are siblings or age mates. And mm -hmm. so we sort of get set, we set ourselves up for this. We, we've That's done right. that. We have two dogs who are almost 16 That's years right. old. And, and it's very typical because you want them to have, have each pets. other. Right. <laughs> you want them to have each other. And then we lose them in sequence. So this can be complicated and confusing emotionally and in terms of our thinking. And it just requires even more of this idea oh, of being, being kind to yourself. I mean, I and, can't even imagine how overwhelming yeah. that I is. Mean, you saw the picture. I mean, they sent the picture of these beautiful dogs. They're just I, I, very beautiful animals. And, you know, they don't have them anymore. And that's, and, that's and a it, lot to process. It's hard to process one, say nothing Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so our hearts go, I mean, uh, I mean, it was hard enough for me to lose three of my dogs, one a year. Mm -hmm. And I had a year's period of time pretty much between them that, uh, you know, it was just, you know, traumatic. And so I can't even imagine, although we saw people in the group that that happened and, you know, then there was, there was one animal that died. In fact, you know, I have a client whose cat suddenly died this week and she's euthanizing her dog on Saturday. Oh, wow. So, I mean, what a lot. It's what just a lot to go through. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's painful. You will get through it. It's really hard. Um, you love these animals so much. Um, and it, it's, it's traumatic. It's, it's devastating. But, you know, you put one foot in front of the other. You are very kind to yourself. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. take care of yourself the best way you can. Yeah. You know? So I, I'd like to just thank Shannon and Elizabeth and Jane, Jamie yeah. for sharing their stories with us and yeah. 
in some cases sharing photos as well, and all the others who have gotten in touch with us through either email or through Facebook. And we're very happy to talk about what's going on in your life. If you'd like to be part of the conversation by texting while we're talking, that would be that would be fine as well. We'll try our best to respond to your questions and concerns. We want the we want this program to be as helpful as it can be. So we really appreciate your participation with us in this way. Yeah. Thank you. We do, we want to help. We want it. We want it to be your, you know, get to you and what you need. And, yep. and, we, and we will, we will certainly like to do that. Yeah. And so, and, and also we'll, if, when there's a number of questions that come up, we'll, we'll try to choose some that are representative of, of others as well. Mm -hmm so that we'll, we'll address, hopefully, your concern. And if not this, this week, then another week. Yeah, absolutely. So Nancy, another great conversation. Always great talking with you. It's great to be able to see you, at least on the screen. <laughs> hopefully yeah. one day we'll actually be in the same room together. We'll, 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 have, to, uh, we'll have to travel, one of us. Yeah, one of us can travel. <laughs> All right, okay, have a good week. Yes. Great talking with everyone. You. Take care.